0: I started volunteering
1: It's all about who you know in sport Am I going to be calling the last 10 seconds of the grand final?
0: You can connect with the interviewer The hand goes up when they've got to make a decision Having a network is one of the most important things you can do
1: I didn't necessarily follow my passion I followed my curiosity Once you've worked in sport, there's no going back
0: And then lo and behold, before I left, I got offered two Hello and welcome to the Sports Guide podcast, the ultimate guide to make it in the sports industry. I am Ryan Walker and joining me is the man from Lausanne, Switzerland, Ruben Williams. We are two mates who met at Cricket Australia and each week we learn how people made it in the sports industry. We tease out their career decisions, their work habits, skills and everything that they do that makes them great. All so that you can learn how to get in, get promoted and get thriving in the sports industry. Rubes, my man from Lausanne. Uh, how are you, my friend?
1: Good day Ryan. I'm doing very well. thank you. Good to see you back home. I've been in Lausanne, the uh, sporting hub of the world where uh, just about every single international uh, body seems to want to relocate. And um, at first when I thought of all these international bodies going to Lausanne, I was like, why Lausanne, but having been there now, I can tell you it's absolutely stunning. The lifestyle is incredible once you're there. not very many people around so traffic's good getting to work is good the buildings are amazing the lake is amazing the alps are amazing it's just an incredible part of the world that's kind of like this hidden gem but all the international sporting bodies that know all about it so they are loving life in in lausanne and i think for sure someday we'll be back
0: brilliant mate and i i absolutely loved uh the linkedin post from yourself saying is this the best place in the world to work in sport and I can tell you right now with views like that and uh, the facilities of the IOC, uh, just everything, I, I I think you might have hit it. I think that might be the best place in the world to work in sport and uh, it's just, it is breathtaking. I think we, we spoke the other day and we we're saying it's like the Great Ocean Road, but uh, on absolute steroids where they've just added some vineyards in the middle between the water and the road. So uh, bloody brilliant. Uh, it's looking absolutely incredible uh and we're gonna we're gonna tap into that in just a moment so uh we'll, we'll get straight into it if you don't already follow us on LinkedIn uh, and if you want to connect with us and over 550 others working in the sports industry just become a member of the sports grade community speaking of that Rubes it's going off at the moment tell our lovely audience out there what, what's been happening
1: yeah absolutely Ryan well, this is a huge week for the sports Grade community because We've never had one organization take on so many members before, other than the FIFA Women's World Cup. So, we've gone through and done the numbers. We reckon we've got 33 members currently working on the FIFA Women's World Cup over the next month. So, they've all just been, they've all just started cracking into their roles. So, a big shout out to all 33 members who are working on the biggest tournament in Australia since the Sydney Olympics. I know at the end of this, a lot of them are going to have memories for life. They're going to that's going to lead to other opportunities or create connections with people who are on that event circuit. That will just lead from one thing to the next to the next. So for those thirty three people, it is super super exciting to them. So well done to you guys. Uh, Other than that, there is always plenty of jobs going on in the uh, community. Always plenty of events coming up as well. Uh, If you want to jump on speed networking, make sure you get involved in that. It's a really fun and easy way to meet lots of people very, very quickly. Also, we've got the Sydney Meetup coming up on the 4th of August, which you'll be up there for, Ryan, running. Members can get half price tickets if you use the code. If you want to find out more information about that, check out the show notes or head to our social media accounts and you'll find more information about how to uh, get involved there. Otherwise, if you want to subscribe to our newsletter, each Friday we send out uh, a quick little blog post helping people with uh, different things to get jobs in the sports industry. Sometimes it's, a, it's a, a little profile of a person who's doing terrific. Other times we focus on little tips and tricks and hacks to get you in. Um, other, other weeks it's a, an update on what's going on in the world of sports grads. So if you want to get that in your inbox each Friday, head to sportsgrad.com.au forward slash newsletter or you can also head to a link in our show notes to join
0: bloody brilliant mate uh, there's lots happening we'll get on to meet up later in the episode but that number 33 of our members at the world cup i think that is uh that's a serious story and uh looking forward to catching up with a lot of those members shortly to uh to hear about that experience Everybody wants to study at one of the top unis in the world for sport. And at Deakin, you can do just that. So don't miss your chance to see what sets them apart at their campus open days this August. Check out the state-of-the-art facilities here from their world-class academics Meet with current students and experience the campus vibe that they're famous for. Join thousands of the brightest students who have already registered to attend this unmissable event. Search Deakin Open Day and take your first step towards achieving your ultimate career. The Geelong Open Day is on the 20th of August, 9am to 3pm and of course, Burwood Open Day is the 27th of August at 9am to 3pm. So check it out now and start your career in sport. speaking of uh experiences the last couple of podcasts have been doing our regular europe update and one thing that i've loved seeing on my uh laptop screen and my tv screen over the last few days is a man running up a mountain in a hawthorn jumper so tell us what it's like to uh to be at the tour de france because uh you've been sighted many a times and it looked like an absolute blast mate so give us a rundown
1: Yes, I absolutely love the Tour de France. And so I went to two stages recently, which are my fourth and and fifth stages in in my life. And uh, I always make sure that I go to a mountain climb finish. And the reason why I do this is because at the end of a stage, after 200 kilometers plus of riding, that's when you start to see the field really spread out. So you actually get a lot of action, you know, probably 30 to 40 minutes of, of riders trickling through. So I always target those stages because I reckon it's the best viewing. But so we went to two stages, the Grand Colombier, which was a 17 kilometer hill climb finish and uh, Saint-Gervais in Mont Blanc, which was a seven kilometer hill climb finish. And um, I reckon I'll be going back to the seven kilometer hill climb finishes from now on because the Grand Colombier was was very tough on the body. You're, you're essentially, you drive to the bottom of the mountain, you've got to try and find a park in like this tiny French village on these small roads. We ended up just like parking like on a patch of grass somewhere because that's all we could find. And then you're up to your own devices. You've got to pack a bag with your lunch, with your water, with any sort of snacks you want to take for you, with you for the day and take it up the mountain. And we only made it about 10 kilometers up this 17 kilometer mountain because it's, A seventeen-kilometer mountain, and um, and uh, you basically walk up for a long time, hang out for a bit, and then watch the cyclists cyclists come through. So there's a lot of anticipation. There's a lot of build-up. You meet a lot of different people on the mountains. A lot of different, lot of fun. Uh, The main uh, attraction that comes through, or the main sort of activity that comes through, is called the caravan. Now, this is like the sponsorship activations that go on outside a stadium or even inside a stadium at halftime, but they call it the caravan and basically it's a parade of cars that have got all the different sponsor logos on it and people hanging out the top and out the side and they're just throwing out all these different goodies uh for people to um to pick up so that's when you know you see all those people on the tv who have got the same matching polka dot hat or yellow hats or as people you know uh, throwing out flags, throwing out little bits of food. So there's about twenty to thirty minutes of this caravan coming through. It's just people mm. throwing free stuff at you, and so um, you pick up all your junk and then you put it on. You stash it in your bag. You take keep it for uh, a few presents back home, and um, and then about an hour later, that's when the cyclists start to to come through, and that's when it's like. It's super impressive how quickly they go up these mountains after such a long period time of of riding. And to be there right next to it is um, incredible access. So on the second stage, when we're on this seven-kilometer climb, the riders had already been up and down, I think, four climbs before this. And so these guys were super spread out. Now, one thing that made the seven kilometer climb easier for us was there was a gondola going straight to the top so we got a chairlift right up to the top and could walk down and that made our experience a lot better because at the top of the climb they had cafes and bars and you could actually buy some resources for yourself to keep you going uh you could see the podium at the end you could see the finish line they had all the rails set up it had all the sponsorship going you could see all the logos, everything. Like it, it just looked a whole lot more dressed up, mm. which was, which kind of yeah. added to the experience. So that was a lot more um, uh, enjoyable because it was definitely a lot more to see, a lot more fans around to interact with too, which made it very cool too. But it, it meant that like walking down, we had a few different vantage points. So we, we positioned ourselves on one particular hairpin and watched the cyclists come around. And then after a while, because we knew from the first stage we went to, if we don't get down this mountain quickly, it's going to take us forever to get out of the one mountain road that gets to this town. Yeah. So we started walking down the mountain a bit earlier. And once we got to the end of the barricaded section of the hill climb finish, that's when you encounter what I've called the gauntlet. And that's what these are like the classic scenes that you see of the Tour de France where it's just like, hordes of people crowded in really close together and a cyclist trying to ride through them where the cyclist can't even see where they're going they're just like blindly riding into people and all of a sudden (laughs) they they disappear and so and so we we stopped and, and joined the gauntlet for a bit so we're like you know lining up alongside them the riders come through you push them on the back push them through but for some people they would literally like run up to these cyclists and basically pick them up off the ground and then carry them forward like five or six meters and i was like what other sport in the world can you literally carry the players whilst they're playing like imagine that mm. in <laughs> afl or basketball it's just like you know it's unheard of but for these ro- cyclists i was like you know at the end of 200ks and four mountains i'm probably going to appreciate a bit of a chairlift yeah. to the top from these drunk uh, spectators so it is a it is an incredible spectacle to witness because uh people make such an occasion out of these days like it's basically a glorified picnic on a hill mm. with cyclists coming through at the end and a whole bunch of free stuff being thrown at you so um for any sports fans who are thinking oh I'd love to get to the Tour de France but I don't really know how um definitely target a hill climb finish because they are incredible um incredible experiences, but then from, um, a commercial, so that's a fan point of view. I want to give you a bit of a commercial lens and a bit of an operation lens because the tour de France, it's just a mm. massive, massive beast. from a commercial point of view, you just had, um, there wasn't really too much, um, that, um, sponsors could do because you know, you got fans spread out along the entire course. Yeah. So it's really kind of limited to like, what's, what you can do at the end. So it's about a kilometer of like, say traditional signage, what you'd see in a stadium at the end. So it's about a kilometer of signage at the end and, um, and then, um, signage on the, on the road as well. But the main opportunity for, for sponsors to, um, to activate is also through that caravan. So throwing out all the promotional stuff to, to fans as well. But one other thing that a lot of, um, uh, brands do as well to, um, to, um, to make sure they get the most out of the Tour de France, is uh, actually through uh, having a team. So a lot of the teams are owned by these individual companies, and broadcast is the best way to, to get a lot of eyeballs on you. So a lot of teams will send out a breakaway rider to ride at the front of the pack for as long as they can, because I know the TV camera is going to be on them for the longest <laughs> amount of time possible. What? So for example, yeah. So for example, the uh, the Jaco <sighs> team. If Jaco decide that they want a bit more, you know, brand awareness and and coverage, they might say to their rider, right, you you go out the front and just hold on for as long as you can because they know it's going to be, you know, the attention's going to be switching back to them as long as possible. So, yeah, yeah some of the breakaways are strategic. Others are very, others are very commercially driven, just for the extra viewing time on their brand. So. Uh, it's a really interesting event from a commercial point of view because, like in terms of assets, it's it's kind of kind of limited. Like it's a heavy broadcast event, um, yeah, and it's so often focus on where the riders positioned. So that's that's commercial stuff. Mm. Then, um, Jeez. from an operational from an operational point of view, these guys are basically on a month long circus. They're traveling all around. France, um, staying in a new town every single night, and I was trying. To, I was trying to think about like how many fleet cars would be following this entire operation because you've got, gosh, you've you've got all the team cars, you've got all the organizing committee cars, you've got all the broadcast yeah. cars, you've got all the sponsorship cars. Like there must be like over five hundred cars just like following the Tour de France from place to place oh, yeah. to place. Not only that, you've got like, you've basically got to set up your stadium at the end of every single stage. So you've got people, you know, scattered all over the country, setting up the barriers, setting up the podium, setting up all the broadcast infrastructure everywhere you go. Hmm. Um, so there's a lot of broadcast operations involved. And then on top of that, you've got like your, um, I remember at the T20 World Cup, massive thing was just like making sure all the teams and all the um staff had hotels and could you know get between all the different. staying in a city for like a, a week maybe playing a game or two you know warm-up period you, you can settle in for a bit these guys are literally in like a new bed every single night for a month so i was just thinking about like how do they yep. get you know if you got five 500 plus people following this circus around it's like 500 beds you've got to find all around the country and they're not going to you know, Paris or Marseille every single time. Some of them are really re- remote, small towns. So I'm like the Tour de France just must book yeah. every single bed. in small towns Everywhere they go. So, um, it just looks like a massive logistical jigsaw yeah. puzzle, but, um, one that, uh, puts on an incredible event. So yeah, for those who have never thought of the Tour de France or know a bit about it, um, there's a bit of an overview of what it's like from a fan, commercial, and operations perspective.
0: Uh, it sounds incredible. I think, um, to, yeah, that, that commercial part of it, like just sending a rider out, you know, just to get some eyeballs, I, I don't think that is, you know, that, that doesn't happen in sport, you know, at all. Uh, so that, that is so random. But also, yeah, just knowing like all these tiny little towns are like hosting this enormous event, like I'm sure every year when they sort of go through the course and what towns to be going through. They're all probably, you know, celebrating when, when it goes through them because they know what sort of economic injection it's going to bring to that town as well. So, no, that's awesome, mate. It's, um, it sounds incredible and um, it's definitely on the bucket list for sure to, uh, to get along to. Um, and you're in Lausanne right now. Uh, I believe you've caught up with a few great friends of the show and, and
1: former guests. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, uh, stayed with, um, stayed with a podcast guest Garth town from episode 16, who, um, was very kindly invited me in and also caught up with Andrew Ryan whilst I was here too. So he's from episode 148. Uh, he's a managing director at, uh, FIBA media. And, um, i was saying to the guys, they just have like the ultimate combination of all the different factors that you would want from work. Like, like, the, their jobs are amazing, where they live is amazing. Even little things like the commute into work is really good because there's not much traffic going on in, in Lausanne. So it's just like, it's just a spectacular place to work, whether you're at the IIC yeah. or FIBA or UEFA. Actually, I reckon the, um, the International Federation for Volleyball is one of the most underrated places to work in the world. Because their office is literally a mansion overlooking a lake with the Alps in the background, and I know a lot of people who think about working in sport. You know, they think of FIFA or the Olympics <laughs> or whatever. Volleyball is probably a bit down the list, but uh, if you find yourself in the International Federation, you've got an extremely good setup. So, so when um when yeah. out with Garth, oh, that sounds incredible. Yeah, it, it's really really cool. So I went and hung out with Garth and Andrew and uh, Garth gave me a tour of the um, International Olympic Committee facility. And um, you know, if Lausanne is like the Silicon Valley of sport, then the IOC is Apple or Google. I don't know which office is better, but their office was built or completed in 2019 with um, a whole lot of different things considered into it. Like it's got this sort of... Um, crucifix shape layout to it but it's meant to kind of emulate the shape of a a dove which is a symbol for peace and as i later discovered at the olympic museum peace is kind of a huge factor in the purpose of the olympic games back when it started early early on the olympics was a a symbol for peace and anything that was going on in the world would kind of stop whilst the olympics were on and then There'd be an international peace whilst all these athletes came together and competed. So the building is constructed to emulate the shape of this dove. Within that, as well, it's also got the five Olympic rings incorporated into it. So um, they've got this magnificent staircase that goes up the centre of the building that has got the rings um, going all the way up. That you you know you walk up to get to every different floor. Um, they've got this one particular wall where any athlete that comes in signs their name on the wall so I actually got to see the name of uh kitty chiller on the wall from australia kitty chiller uh competed in modern pentathlon in sydney 2000 wow. and later went on to be the chef de mission at the rio 2016 olympics and um i also happened to bump into her during my internship with uni, uni Sport australia in taipei and took the opportunity to interview her there so if you want to go back onto youtube there's an interview with kitty chiller so seeing her name at the International Olympic Committee was kind of a bit of a, a thrill for me, but um, their their facility is absolutely amazing. Like even you know it's got the full sort of suite of um, you know dining room, kitchen, and, and everything. Whilst we were sitting down inside ha- having lunch, the uh, the president of the IOC, mm. Thomas Bach, walked in. So that was a, a bit of a thrill to um, be there on the same day as him t- him too. So. Got a great facility. Got a great um, tour wow. of the facility and learn a lot about the Olympics and where it come from. The Olympic Museum is really worth checking out uh, as well. If you, anyone ever ventures down to Lausanne, what I didn't realize about the Olympics was that it um, it was um, restarted by this one guy, Pierre de Coubertin, who um who uh, knew about the I think it was called the Panhellenic Games, which is like you know the the ancient Greek games and he decided that we need to bring these back. So the, the the ancient Greek games stopped in like 500 BC or something long, long time ago. And then this guy just decided, actually, that was a really great concept. We need to bring it back. So then he started the Olympic movement uh, just before 1900 Mm -hmm. and then got the, the games off the ground with, I think about 12 countries. And, uh, it kind of went from there. So, it was kind of interesting just hearing that, like, the Olympics kind of started like anything. You know, one guy has a vision, pulls a team together, gets everyone on board, and then and then off we go. Was, whereas, like, you kind of think of yeah. the Olympics as this, like, yeah. yeah, it's just an idea. It's
0: just <laughs> so, an idea. <laughs> um,
1: that was really cool to to learn about the the history of that. So <laughs> um, they do it really well there. They've got an incredible setup. Then uh, the other catch up that I had while I was there um was at uh UEFA with um uh this guy from Perth, Yevor is his name. He's lived all around the world. He's uh works in IT, software developer by trade, but now um uh, sorry, now is working as a business analyst uh helping UEFA find the best digital and tech solutions to help them operate. So I got introduced to him through um, our good friend shannon gove from rostify because uh uefa is a client of uh of rostify their volunteer management software helps power all their volunteers for the champions league and and other different events so um when shannon found out that i was in lausanne he messaged me saying hey you've got to catch up with yavor two days later i'm at the uefa office having having lunch with yavor and uh and there um yeah thank you shannon and their, uh, their facility is uh, incredible as well. It's a bit more discreet. It's kind of like, I know, I said to Yavor, this is a bit of like a mafia base because there's a lot of concrete everywhere. There's not too many logos. Like if you didn't know it was here, you, you'd probably drive straight past it. But it's a very yeah. cool setup. So when I drove in, went to the visitor's car park, they had my name printed out and like labeled on the wall with, as if they, like, they knew I was coming. I was like, oh, what a, what a way to be welcomed. But then same sort of thing, caught up with Yavor, did the tour of the of the building. It's all super, super modern. We were at the front um, finishing our lunch, and these guys are right on the lake. Like you yeah. literally like go out the restaurant, walk down the grassy hill, and you're in Lake Lausanne. And he pointed out to this group of swimmers just like off to the right, and he said, oh, I see mm-hmm. those guys over there. They've, uh, they play football at lunchtime every Wednesday. And then after that, they come down and swim in the lake. And I was like, gosh, must be pretty difficult working at (laughs) UEFA. Yeah.
0: Tough, tough gig.
1: I know. I know. So, yeah, the, the, uh, the facilities and the setup and just like the incredible combination of, of lifestyle factors you've got around people in Lausanne at those bodies is, amazing so for anyone who hasn't considered working in Europe or in Lausanne I think definitely have a look what options are there and put it on your bucket list
0: yeah I love it it sounds like it's it's just a a perfect sort of mix of like technology and nature um you know on one one side you've got the Alps then on the other side you've got this incredible IOC facility and then you have got vineyards and all sorts of stuff so Lasan just sounds like it uh, is. the place to go. To be honest with you, and uh, and seeing some photos, it's, it's certainly uh, certainly made me think that is the place to be.
1: Yeah, and I'm, I'm not sure Garth and Andrew and Yavor will, will like me saying this because it is a bit of a hidden gem, and they kind of like it as a bit of a hidden gem as well. So um, we'll see how many people end up in Lasan now, but um, yeah, yeah, we'll have to head back yeah. at some point for sure.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. It'll be on uh, it'll be on the sports grad tour list. Uh, for sure yes. when uh, when we retire and just run uh, sports
1: tours in Europe. Mm. Um, (laughs) That's it. But um, off off the back of that, Ryan, it uh, it prompted the start of a brand new channel in the sports grad community. So for those who aren't members, once you join and you get access to our Discord server, there's a whole bunch of channels where you can chat, see jobs, do whatever. And um, we've created a new channel called In The Wild where... If you bump into a member or a podcast guest in the wild, then we want to encourage people to, to send through a, a selfie. So sent through um, photos with Garth and um, some old ones with Shane Lienarge, podcast guest from episode 227. Um, even a couple of selfies from the, the London meetup with some of our members over there. Luke Holgate, um, one of our members, was in attendance there. So now we've got this brand new channel called In The Wild. So for all those sports grad members out there, if you bump into each other in the wild, make sure you grab a selfie, post it on Discord because we love to see who who's catching up out there.
0: I think it should uh it should almost go in the criteria of member of the month as well. Uh, I think having some content in the uh in the, in the wild section. Uh, while we're on member of the month, I I blatantly forgot to mention our man uh, Path Suri last week on the podcast, who was our member of the month for june so path you would be listening uh absolute superstar one of the great sports grad stories so i better um better give you that shout out that you are owed mate but uh community manager at the adelaide crows got a gig through connections throughout the sports grad community and uh and podcast guests and whatnot so path you're a great man and uh congrats on the uh member of of the month um yeah so get on that channel we've already we introduced it What? yesterday and there's already about 10 yesterday, or so yeah. postings on there but i think they're um it's awesome and it's good to see so many people just happen to see each other or are just catching up um and i also love the name of the channel as well be in the wild i think it's a, a great title <laughs> now ruse uh sydney meetup uh coming up now um we're a little delayed on the Sydney meetup due to a few things happening we've obviously had a bunch of meetups across the last month we've had Uh, London, of course. And of course, we want to give our meetups as much clear air as possible. So August 4, uh, it's in less than two weeks now. Uh, Very, very exciting. We're we're headed to Sydney. So um, I think the last meetup, we got exposed for our little loophole uh, that we didn't really know existed until I think, I'm not sure if you found out about it or somebody sent it to us or whatever. But the loophole is probably one of the great deals you can get uh, if you're looking to uh, to get into the sports industry or you just want to come to our event and you're not a member. Um, this is a great deal. So we're going to give you a little bit, bit of an inside scoop as to what that deal is and uh, what the loophole is. So if you go to our website, you can get one month free off our community, which we do at any time. Anybody can get a month free. But the catch here is... That if you are a Sportscribe member, you actually get meetup tickets half price. So a ticket to the meetups forty five bucks. So if you become a member, you pay zero dollars, and you pay twenty two dollars fifty. You get a meetup ticket and a whole month of the Sportscribe community uh, together in one. So if you're not a member, this is a great opportunity for you to check it out. And also to get along to a meetup as well. So get on board. I think you, you'll you see us telling people about it because honestly, it's it's just a good deal and we got caught out. So we're more than happy to offer it. Uh, <laughs> it's a great opportunity just to see what we do inside grad as well. So check that out. Uh, if you're not sure about what that loophole is, just message me. I'm more than happy to uh, to share that again. Um. What else has been happening in Australia? Let me have a think. Uh, we've been having Friday morning coffees, robes. So a little initiative I thought that are, you know, some of our members might want to get around on Discord uh, on Friday mornings at 8, 8 a.m. Been catching up with a few members. Uh, last week, got coffee with Spash Sodia, who's one of our great, great members who has worked – I think we've mentioned before, has one of the great resumes of all time. Uh, had a great catch up with him. Uh, we're recording this a couple of days before, but tomorrow I've got another one with a few members as well. So if you are a member, get involved with that. Uh, I need friends now that Rubes is in Europe. Um, so get involved with that on Discord,
1: and uh, there'll be plenty more on the way. Um, yeah, apart I remember from that, when tell mate... me about that. That Sorry. was a it was a great idea, and it sounds like it's uh, it's been a hit so far. So those those Friday morning coffees with Ryan, will might have to continue. That sounds great.
0: Yeah, they might turn into something really big. Uh, You you never know. Um, But no, we'll see. We'll see. Um, Apart from that, mate, it's all happening here in Australia. Obviously, FIFA Women's World Cup is kicking off. Um, To be totally transparent with everyone listening, we're we're recording this on the Thursday, which is uh, the night that the FIFA Women's World Cup is starting. So game one is tonight. Um, But that is super, super exciting. I know um, we mentioned at the top of the episode, we've got over 30 members working at the tournament, which has just been enormous. So just a big shout out to those people who are working hard or have been working hard over the last few weeks to get the tournament up and running. Um, It's probably one of the great experiences that you'll ever have in your working career. So a big shout out to to you guys. Um, But yeah, just a... I think you can feel now the gravity of the tournament. Like, you know, I was saying to a few people uh, like a couple of months ago, I was like, oh, I didn't, you know, I couldn't really feel like the hype was there. But I think over the last couple of months and a few weeks leading up, like you can absolutely tell that uh, there is a World Cup happening in our uh, in our country. So um, if you're out there and, and tossing out where to get along, I'm sure there's some tickets still available It'd be one of the great, uh, great sporting experiences. I would have thought, um, in this generation, having a, a FIFA World Cup, you
1: know, in our country. Absolutely, I'm, a, I'm very sad to be missing it, but I'll be following very closely from, a, from the other side of the world, and uh, I might have to try and get along to a, a few European viewing parties over, over here because they. Um, you know they obviously love their football on this side of the world, so maybe I'll have to experience it from uh, with a new culture, a different type of fan around me. Um, but uh, good luck to everyone at Football Australia, and good luck to everyone at the FIFA Women's World Cup working on the tournament. Um, I've got no doubt it's going to be a huge success. So good luck to everyone with that. Um, on the flip side of that, the uh, the Com Games got scrapped during the week, mm. which, uh, which is a massive surprise, and. Um, not a not a great one at all and I kind of really feel for um, for the um, for the staff who had all been brought in over the last 12 months to work on a new exciting project it was one of the mm. um, one of the events in the green and gold runway and um, we, we'd been you know we watched LinkedIn closely and there was a period of time where it was like just about every single week a new person was being announced at the Commonwealth Games, Victoria, twenty twenty six, and every single person is an absolute gun. And yeah. um, having known some of these people personally, personally, we know that you know people are passing up other great opportunities to go and work at the Com Games, or people are relocating into states, literally like flipping up their entire lives for their work to go to the Com Games and sit there for you know the next three or four years, and. Um, for the games to be scrapped just throws a massive spanner in the works for those people's lives, which um, which is incredibly difficult. I know there's a whole bunch of rationale and reasoning behind it, which goes um much bigger and broader. But um, yeah, we're really thinking of those those friends and those staff members at the Com Games who um, yeah, are in a pretty awful position as a, as a result of that. So um, yeah, for any of those people, you ever need anything, just make sure you reach out. But um. Yeah, that was a huge surprise to to wake up to during the week. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Um, yeah, just a shock. Like I
0: think everyone was kind of, you know, it was the last thing on people's minds, to be honest with you. And um, I was always, I was really looking forward to that. I, I think having a I think Com Games it would have been enormous for for Victoria and especially like regional Victoria. But um, yeah, just the fact that it, it's kind of happened for other reasons and obviously out of our control, but. It's um, it is super sad, and you know, echoing what you said there. You know, we know plenty of people who have got jobs there, and uh, you know, have made sacrifices to to jump into that. And um, I mean, we're not sure what what's going to happen with that, or whether they'll, you know, be able to continue in other ways, or what or whatnot. But um, yeah, obviously thank you those those people, and uh, obviously yeah, reach out if you if you need anything at all. Um, but yeah, sad sad for the sports industry, mate. Big mm. time.
1: Where are uh, where are you watching the uh, opening game tonight, Ryan? I will um, <laughs> I will be going. So I'll be going to footy
0: training straight from uh, straight from work, and I'll be directly beelining uh for. There's a nice little pub around the corner from my house. Who is who is showing it? So, um, going there with the housemates, which are going to be is going to be bloody fantastic. So I'm pretty amped. Um, and I am I think Stadium Australia or Homebush, I think they're calling it for the tournament, uh, s- close to 75,000. Like that is going to be something else. So, um, no, very excited. Uh, football training straight into World Cup uh, and that's uh, that's not sorted. So, excited. What about you? Are you going to tune in from home or what are you, you going to do?
1: Yeah, well, I've I've got access to uh, the TV coverage at the moment where I am, so I'll be flicking through Brilliant. the channels to see if they're showing the opening game of the FIFA Women's World Cup. Otherwise, um, I've been desperately trying to get a VPN to try and stream the Ashes, but now I need it to stream <laughs> the FIFA Women's World Cup. So if anyone's got a VPN out there who would love to share it with me, that would really <laughs> help given uh there's two major events going on at the moment that I'm heavily invested in. So, But nonetheless, I've yep. got my Socceroos, or should I say Australian football jersey over here. So um, I'll be wearing the green and gold, loud and proud regardless.
0: No, very good. Very good. I, I need to get a jersey. If anyone's listening uh, works for somebody who does jerseys, feel free to let us know. We'd love to get one off yeah. you. Um, but anyway, in the meantime, mate, uh, it, it's been good. Uh, it's good to hear everything is going well over in uh, Lausanne, the uh, the greatest place to work in sport on earth, and uh, looking forward to seeing where we go next. Uh, but in the meantime, if you'd like to ask us or anyone else um, in sport a question, as we said, sign up and become a SportsGrab member. Each fortnight, we jump on virtual sessions where we do speed networking, webinars, speed uh, – sorry, I said speed networking, job fairs, uh, and all so that you can get into the industry, uh, learn new things, and uh, obviously connect with other industry professionals. So uh, tonight, which is when this episode is coming out, we've got Speed Networking, uh, which is super exciting where our members can meet and greet new people uh, every single fortnight. So get involved. In the meantime, find us on LinkedIn. Give us some love. If you love the show, subscribe on Apple or follow on Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.
1: Hey guys, one last thing before you go. If you'd enjoy a quick email from us each Friday on all the latest job openings and networking events, Q&As with industry professionals and latest podcast episodes, then subscribe to the Sports grad newsletter. Head to our website, www.sportsgrad.com.au forward slash newsletter to subscribe. There's also a link in our show notes to join.